Good morning. This is Christine DiGiacomo, and today's morning briefing is called, You Call Him What? What you call someone is a real indication of your relationship. Think of it. When you hear a man refer to his wife as his old lady, at best, he is flippant. At worst, he does not respect her at all. I remember hearing Emily Barnes refer to her husband as my Bob. So sweet and endearing. So telling. In stark contrast to my old lady. Titles define relationships, don't they? Last Saturday evening, I watched the acceptance speeches of the inductees to the National Football League Hall of Fame, which brought tears to my eyes a couple times. Often we hear those in the limelight thank God, but how they refer to God is revealing of their relationship to Him. Take Brett Favre, who said, Thank you, Canton. Thank you, Hall of Fame. Thank you, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Reveals his relationship with God, right? Then there was Tony Dungy, noted for being Super Bowl-winning Indianapolis coach. He made several references to the importance and influence of his Christian faith in his life and career. Dungy quoted a Bible verse his mama instilled in him. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Matthew 16, verse 26. He commented, I know that she's happy to know that her son never forgot that verse. A little further into the speech, he made another God reference. After getting a Super Bowl ring my second year, I experienced another disappointment, getting traded. The Lord was using disappointment to help me grow. The Lord! An acknowledgement that Dungy considers Jesus Christ his authority, that he submits his will to him. On that last night, Jesus heard a huge crowd of clanging Roman soldiers crashing into the quiet of the garden where he was praying got up from his knees to approach them. What do you notice? Matthew wrote, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. Betrayed, and with a kiss. It has always been a mystery to me how Judas could have walked, talked, eaten and served with Jesus, and then served him up to the Romans, making just 30 silver coins for his dastardly deed. How could anyone be so close to Jesus 
and then sell him out? The answer clearly lies in the heart of Judas. Judas who referred to Jesus here as rabbi or teacher. The Greek word used is didaskalos, for one who is a fabulous, masterful teacher. So it seems that though Judas took Jesus to be a unique, gifted teacher, he did not consider him to be Lord of his life. Note, neither did Judas refer to Jesus as friend, though Jesus said to him, Do what you came for, friend. How about you? What have you done with Jesus? Oh, I'm not asking the question the Romans asked when his body was missing from the tomb. Rather, how do you think of Jesus in your life? Is he your Lord? Because Jesus was not just a masterful teacher. He must be our Lord. Herein lies the difference between Peter and Judas as well. While both were forewarned, Peter denied Jesus out of fear for himself. But Jesus was certainly his Lord. Peter was soon restored to right relationship with Jesus. On the other hand, because the betrayer did not consider Jesus Lord, he was open to the temptation of the evil one to sell Jesus out. Note, when I have not settled the score in my life that Jesus is Lord, that I want to live daily in submission to his will for me, I am open to temptation, more likely to compromise and give in to sin. What do you call him? Is Jesus Lord in your life, friend?